Malcolm, I think I might do some of the housekeeping beforehand. Okay. Uh, before... And then edit it in at the end? No, 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 no. Do it, like, after... Oh, no, that's not going to work out. It never... It's It, it can't work out. I just want me, people to be aware of Nadia's art stuff and Jensen's uh, music stuff now. And I'm kind of doing it right now. Uh, Talking about Nadia Diaz? Yeah. Like, great art that she her, does on at Nadia... At Art Head on, Creations art on head Instagram? Creations on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. That one. The link should be in the description, right, Shannon? You yeah. can put it there, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And Jen- Jensen's... What is he? Jensen's... Well, do you... You listen to his song sometimes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Knocking he, on doors for his yeah. musical... Tea I time? really like Knocking on Doors for Tea Time, his musical. You can find it's still it still work anywhere. in progress. When it comes out, I'm sure it'll be great. It's on yeah. like Spotify and iTunes and Amazon Music. It's also in the description, right? Yeah. Um, and then, Malcolm, we have an email. You know that, right? Oh, we do? Yeah, it's, uh, it's waiting four seconds, like the number four. Like the like, number four? Yeah, waiting the number four seconds at gmail.com. Wow, that's crazy. So, People can send us a bunch of shit, shit with that, right? If they wanted to. Yeah. That's crazy. We should check really it sometime. Crazy. Yeah, we should. Um, well. Anyway, and now, and now the intro. seconds the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are i'm malcolm outkelt and i'm here with shannon miller hello are you gonna gonna say anything okay no no i usually you bully me for mispronouncing your name but yeah it is pretty funny doing that though isn't it outkelt uh and today we'll be talking with ash go ahead and introduce yourself please Hi everyone, my name's Ash, I'm 22, I was born and raised in Oregon, um, I currently work at Dutch Bros, and I have three cats. Tell us about your kitties, now. Now. <laughs> That's the <laughs> okay. sound of the gun being pointed at you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Calm down, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> should <what>? my, fr- <laughs> my first ah. cat She's like a year and a half old. Her name is Petya, and it's a Russian name. And she is a gray tabby cat, and she has the biggest personality I've ever known. Um, that's just the nice way of me saying that she's <laughs> kind of a bitch and really mean. Um, <laughs> but she loves me, her mother. She hates everyone else. Um, my second cat uh, is a tuxedo cat. She's a year old, and her name is Valentino. And uh, she kind of just likes to sleep and eat food. She's really chunky. Um, yeah. And then my newest cat uh, is like three months old. Her name is Tala, which is uh, a Filipino name. It translates to the brightest star. And uh, she's a black and white cat full of a lot of energy who just loves to run around and play and take naps. That sounds like a three-month-old cat. Yep. 
I'm going to go ahead and start with a hardball question. Which one's the best? What? Oh, oh, oh. You're talking about the cats. I thought you were talking about our questions. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's the best? Okay, so um, right now, I would... That's really hard. Um, (laughs) She has to play favoritism as a mother. Yeah. um, They all have their moments, but the Mm. one who currently gives me the most affection is the kitten, so I'm going to have to say the kitten right now. Alright. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna message the other two and tell them that you said that. Oh hey. my god, don't tell them. Actually, <laughs> honestly, if you gave the tuxedo cat food, she honestly wouldn't care. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> she just does her own thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, she really does. Those She's are very straight good up names. Vibing. Yeah. Although I swear my tuxedo cat Valentino, she has like Zero brain cells. There's like no thoughts behind her eyes. She just kind of is there and vibes. It's food. <laughs> I've seen her run straight into my back door and a wall before. <laughs> so <laughs> the fool. She's got I crackhead worry. energy. <laughs> I worry for her. Um Mm-hmm. Why did it go from here? So how'd you meet? Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Uh so I think I've mentioned before that I used to work at a place called Sunset Lake. Uh, I was I did two years uh there. Um, I it was my the year before my senior year, and the summer after my senior year. Uh, <clears throat> well, I, and I met Ash, uh, through basically there cause they showed up to volunteer for a week and, and then you got hired basically for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the following year she was just hired on and then we got to basically hang out cause the staff are fun friends. We all have our icks and stuff but Shannon was one of the cool ones oh I'm a cool guy Malcolm you hear that Ash thinks I'm cool damn (laughs) fuck fuck I can't believe it you're not supposed to be cool no yeah no generally I try not to be but eh, somebody does think I'm cool I'm happy you managed it hey Malcolm yeah I think you're cool you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> but basically, uh, that's how I know Ash. Uh, I've kind of kept in touch, just here and there. Uh, not that well, though. That's for sure. But but she's here to get to know, or we're here to get to know her on our podcast. This one. Right now. Right now. Um. But maybe just to start off, um, oh, shoot. I don't, you all right, bud? I'm breaking. I'm breaking. <laughs> is this saying it or is this getting cut out now? Nah, it's going to be saying it because it's funny. Uh, it's very funny. Um, you know, maybe because of our connection with Sunset Lake, uh, are you spiritual in any way? Or, or were you, and then 
maybe you've changed or I don't know. Yeah. So um, when I was adopted, when I was five, I was, you know, the family I was adopted by was very spiritual. Um, and so I was kind of raised in that belief. And I, I really did believe that way for a long time in Seventh-day Adventism and stuff like that. And then after I was kicked out when I was 19, the people I lived with and the place I lived at was Seventh-day Adventist as well. And that was, I struggled with my faith and I thought it made me stronger. But within the past year and a half, I've been through some really big life struggles. Um, so I think I don't exactly know what I believe. I believe that there's a higher being. I believe that I have my own spirituality and there's something out there probably. Mm. Mm. And that a lot of times faith is used as a tool for comfort. Um, and so I'd like to believe there's something out there, whether it's a God, but there's also a lot of things that Christians in general do or the church in general does that I don't necessarily want to be associated with. Mm. So I also believe in karma and I believe in there's like other ways of viewing things that aren't just like God alone. Cause like, I feel like a lot of times we energy we give out is energy we get back and that it plays a big part in everything we do whether it's you know how we act or talk to other people and that it's not just religion so yeah that's where i'm at currently so maybe to to understand uh <clears throat> your spirituality a little bit more what what steps did it take to come to the opinion you have now um so I've struggled a lot with mental health issues hmm. and I've had so many people tell me, Oh, you just need to pray more. You need to go to church more. You need to have a better relationship with God and you'll have a better mental health. And for someone who is a try hard, like I, I tried that route for so long and it just, it wasn't working. And then getting, doing all of that and then not being able to afford college and being kicked out and all of these things happening right after one another, it just kind of made me lose my faith, not only a little bit in religion, but in the people of the church as well. Honestly, that, that, that's fair. Uh, honestly, say I can't blame you. Um, were there any specific incidents like a specific moment that led you to uh, leave um well there's a couple and like like I said I had someone when I was going through really bad depression after I was kicked out tell me that oh, you don't need therapy, you need Jesus. Mm. And have someone 
to have one of my only positive authority figures in my life at that time say that to me was damaging in mm. more than one way. And mm. to see that a lot of people of the church held that same point of view, it, it really hurt. Or even the fact that like, when I moved down to Salem, I tried going to a couple churches, but me being young, and then the fact that like I'm a I'm a female with short hair that is colorful, like it's dyed bright colors. I get so many nasty looks, people wouldn't even greet me walking into the church. Say hello. Or like or they would just look at me weirdly, give me a side eye and then act like I don't exist. That made me genuinely not want to be there. And so they're not the kind of people I necessarily want to associate with. And I'm not saying everyone in church is bad. I have so many people I hold close to my heart that still go to church. Or there's still some church families that I don't mind going to because it feels like a safe place still. And I don't feel like I'm going to be judged because of it. But, yeah, those, those moments have really put a damper on a lot of things. I I can understand that. Uh, I think in the, in the past couple of years, I've definitely stepped away from institutionalization of religion, where I just have my own personal relationship with with God. Um, and so to see that from a different perspective of it wasn't the church that pushed me away, but for you it was. And the people in the church pushed you away? Yeah. It, it's something I, I see a lot happening uh, if you don't conform to a certain way of thinking. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially because, like, because the people I grew up with, they were very praised in the church. People thought they were great, but they didn't know what happened behind closed doors kind of situation. And so they wouldn't believe me or the fact that my younger sister is gay. And so a lot of people are like, oh, that's a sin. So that doesn't help, you know, and things like that. So it's just all of those factors in my life slowly led the church itself to push me out of. And it's I don't know, institu institutionalized um, religion uh, has not been my thing for a while because of it, but I still hold my own beliefs. And I love learning about other people's personal spiritual beliefs as well in other religions. Can you expand a little bit more about what your personal beliefs are? Yeah, so... My personal beliefs are very vague because I am also uh, very confused and not sure. <laughs> I, uh, That's fair. Fair. Uh -huh. be, because of the fact that I grew up believing there's like one God and stuff, there's that, right? But I'm like, what if I'm wrong? Uh, what if Buddhism is the real way to go? Or, you know, things like that. And I think just like different ideas of like reincarnation or something like that, I I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to them. So when it comes to things like that, I stand on 
basic beliefs like just treat everyone with with kindness put out the energy you want to receive back and things like that but I also believe that I shouldn't necessarily like let people walk all over me Mm. and I feel like sometimes with Christianity because of like um if they slap your cheek or you know if they slap you turn the other cheek so that they can you know slap the other one I I don't think you should allow yourself to be walked on in that sense and it can be toxic to let that happen Mm. or to let things slide just for the sake of being a good Christian I think that sometimes people need to be held accountable Mm. and um yeah. No, I, I I can't help but agree. I mean, people need to be held accountable in any position they're in, especially in churches. Exactly. But is would you say this is something uh that you've definitely struggled a lot more than others? Yeah. Um I've struggled because I I've gone, I've struggled standing up for myself for one and, uh, and holding people accountable for their actions. Cause I've always just been taught like, no, be a good Christian. You gotta like always forgive and like, you know, things like that. But I, so I've struggled standing up for myself or voicing my word, voicing my opinions, saying what I really think or telling someone that what they're doing isn't okay even if the other people around me don't agree with me because of the fact of how I was raised in religion how did you manage to to step out of that is it just being kicked being kicked out when you were 19 you're able to avoid all of that so when I was kicked out at 19, there was a big part of me that was still like, that still wanted to be seen as the good Christian person that I was raised to be in the church. Because mm. I was I was living at a Christian camp and I went to church every Saturday. The people that took me in were Christian, all of that. So I still felt the pressure from that. And like I had to be someone or I had to put on this face of this perfect Christian person that I was raised as. And I think that's part of why I had so much mental struggles that year. But over that year, when I was able to have my independence from the controlling family that I was raised under, even though I was still in a Christian environment, I was slowly able to take my own independence and realize like I can voice my own opinions and I'm not being forced to be here. I I can be elsewhere and do the things that I want to, and they may not agree with it. And some people may say some not nice things or may stop talking to me, but that's okay. But it definitely took me a little bit throughout the past couple years to get to the point where I am now, just building up the confidence to um to do those things for myself yeah Hmm. when you were kicked out uh firstly i assume uh, i assume that must have been very stressful right oh it was very stressful 
Uh, how did you manage that stress? How did you get past it, especially because it sounds like the church wasn't the greatest help ever, at the very least? Yeah. So um, one way I managed my stress was by being in nature. It was so beautiful mm. up there. I could walk and um, just think, have thoughts to myself, the fresh air, everything. It was so nice. Um, I also managed the stress by um, by journaling. I journal a lot. I mm. feel like by writing my feelings, uh, it helps get them out of my head. And then I don't feel like I'm bottling them up because if I'm not speaking them or saying them, I'm still putting them somewhere. So a lot of times, whether it's journaling, sometimes I'll write letters. I'll write letters to people in my journal. Sometimes I'll write letters to God, mm. you know, and it's not something that necessarily anyone will ever see, but it, it helps me feel like I can organize and compartmentalize Got it in one. My, <laughs> my emotions and my feelings, my stress. Um, and then a third way was I just started doing things for myself to help my stress because I was also raised in a, oh, I can't really do things for myself because it's selfish. Mm. So I like one of the ways I did that was by dyeing my hair. I wasn't allowed to do that, but I always wanted to. So I dyed my hair fun, funky colors just because I wanted to. Hell yeah. Full no other reason. I know. I started playing video games with friends because I wanted to. Or when I moved to Salem, I started going out on nights that I still have work the next day with friends because I wanted to. Then nobody would is going to stop you. I mean, exactly. Huh? Well, with, with the, the idea of, uh, journaling, did that help you? Uh, I, cause I see another question you highlighted highlighted is uh tabletop RPGs. Are you, uh, are you a DM? Do you, do you write your own stories? Or is it just the journaling, like, just no, something for you? It's just journaling. Um, I've never played D&D. Mind you, I love D&D. I love watching people <laughs> play D&D. My brothers have all of the books. Um, I have many friends that play D&D. I just have never been able to get into groups. Actually, no, it's uh, I'm too shy to ask people to put me in their groups. Plus the fact that I've never played, I'm like... I don't know where to start, but I do love board games and tabletop games in general. Um, playing board games is a way I like connect with people and, you know, have fun. It's great. I love board games so much. So, so journaling is like you said, just something for you. Yeah. Do you still journal? Yeah, I do actually. Have you have you evolved into having like basically boxes of journals now, or is it actually how does how does journaling look for you? So journaling, 
I have a few journals here and there, and sometimes there are days where I'm journaling day after day, but then there are times where I won't journal for like a month or two at a time because uh, object permanence is a thing, and I forget I have journals. Um, <laughs> and then I remember I have them, and then I actually journal, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Why am I not doing this every day? Um, but also, when I don't feel extremely overwhelmed or anything like that, I don't necessarily feel a need to journal because I don't have all of those emotions inside that I feel like need to be released. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that makes sense. And it, you, like you said, it just kind of depends on how you're feeling. Or also just forgetfulness. So yeah, I know I tend to do that all the time. <clears throat> At least forgetting uh, the things that I need to do, or or just completely forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's why I can't take vitamins every day. I'm supposed to, but I take them for like three days and then forget, and then I don't take them for like three weeks. You said vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I have had the same vitamin D bottle for like six months. But <laughs> you gotta take those. I know. Come on, man. Should uh, I start yelling at you every time we're in a call? No. How <laughs> dare you? The vitamin D will make you feel a little happier. <laughs> That's true. Um but maybe I'm just gonna move on from this talk about vitamins uh so moving away from your biological family uh have you developed your own kind of community or your own family just that's not blood oh for sure i have people that i consider my family that aren't blood and some of those people are like that are the couple that took me in when i was kicked out and they're still a big part of the church, and I respect their beliefs. And what I also like is they understand where I stand, and they're not judging me for it. And they respect my beliefs as well. And they're my family. They refer to me as their kid, even though they're only, like, 10 years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, like, many other people that I view as, like, my siblings or my closest friends. And they're my family. They... One of my friends, when I was short on rent, offered to, like, hey, do you want a loan? Like, I will loan to you because of how much they care about me. So I definitely have those people, and they know that they're in my circle, and they know that they're my family in ways more than my adopted family would ever really be. Do you think that family is beyond uh, biological? Oh, for sure. It's beyond biological. It's beyond adopted. It's family is what you make it. And I think the movie that really sums that up very well is Lilo and Stitch. Because even though movie. Stitch isn't technically their family uh, at all, like he's not born into their family, he's still their family. And just like I have these friends and these people close to me that aren't related to me in any way whatsoever, they're my family. 
they're who I choose. They're your o- Ohana? Yes, they're my Ohana. <laughs> no one left behind or forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that movie. How did those, for you, how did those relationships develop? Like, um, So the other one was the couple that took me in. The man, he, he was my boss when I lived in Myvedon. I was a shift lead over the summer, and he really took me in. He got to know me on a very personal and spiritual level, and he got to know, like, how my life at home was. And he was very encouraging and wanted to be there for me and protect me. And he was, like, you know, he was encouraging me to stand up for myself and things like that, even while just being there for a short time. And so I felt like, you know, these people with only knowing me for a little bit, they genuinely care about me. And so that's how that relationship developed. And then over the year that I lived there, you know, I helped babysit their kids for a while. I actually lived with them. And so there's that. And then as far as some of my friends, I've met them at various places, whether it's been through work or a friend of a friend or like one of my closest friends that I consider a family member I met him he's like a younger brother to me I met him when he first came into high school he was a grade below me as an international student and he views me as his older sister and he still calls me his older sister in fact I spent New Year's with him up in Seattle okay yeah yeah I I, I had a I had a question and then I lost it It was to talk more about family. Do you think that's ultimately a positive change, going from blood family to chosen family? Yes. And I think in my case, it's a little different, because Mm. I went from adopted family to chosen family, and then kind of back to my biological family, because my adoption was a closed adoption, which means the... Uh, access to my biological family was completely up to my adopted family Mm. and my adopted family wouldn't let me have access to them at all not even my siblings like I didn't even know I had a younger brother until he was seven Mm. so and that's only because my older sister had turned 18 and went to visit them and told us about him so in a way I got to I chose my family and I was able to reconnect a bit with my biological family. And I can see like my biological family does care about me. There's been mistakes and there's still boundaries and stuff that are in place, but they're still my family. But I also see that my chosen family is as much, if not more of an influence on my life than even they are too sometimes. But it has had such a positive effect on me. I feel like I've grown so much because of it. And I've been able to become more confident in myself and my actions. And I've been able to grow more as a person as well. With with that, uh, do you tend to be kind of uh, an optimist or, or a pessimist? 
Um, um, despite all the negative I have faced in my life, whether it's been in personal relationships or family, familial relationships, um, I still have a tendency to be an optimist. I tend to think there's good in everyone and I always give way more chances to people than I should. Um, I tend to be too forgiving because I don't want to see that someone could necessarily want to be that mean or want to do something that hurtful to another person. So I always, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Unless I'm driving, and then I'm just angry at everyone. Unless we're driving, and then fuck everyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> everyone deserves it, and everyone else should get off the road. There should just be a single lane for for Shannon. <laughs> yeah. I just I just need to go fast. I need to go oh, fast and yes. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you totaled your van that one year, right, Shannon? Yeah, your car or whatever it was. Yeah, I like totally your car, Shannon. I was driving fast with not so good uh, tires on. Yeah, and, and almost died. I did not die. I, I, you know what? I could have, but <laughs> I was gonna say I remember the photos of your car. Um, you very <laughs> well could have died. I did roll twice. Yes, and most people don't live in those situations, but I had a piece of glass in my thumb, and I came out okay, and I made it to my buddy's wedding. (laughs) That was... You... Wow, what a callback. (laughs) Jeez. I haven't even talked about that on the podcast. No. I haven't haven't even told Malcolm about that. (laughs) Dang. What can what can I say? Is I sometimes have a good memory. Hmm. Sometimes. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. Sometimes I forget what I did yesterday, so you mm. know it balances out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to ask, uh, as a post kind of to optimism and pessimism. Uh, do you believe nature has more play in the human person's psyche and mind, or do you believe nurture is more important, uh, both for you and for the rest of society? Um, I feel like nurture plays a big role because uh, as someone who faced a lot of nature um, mm. versus me seeing my friends who got a lot of nurture growing up, I can see where like most people would be like fine or confident. And then me over here feeling insecure or, you know, anxious or abandonment issues type of things because I had to face nature. I, I don't know. I feel like nurture has more of a positive role. Nature can be helpful in certain situations because teaches people you have to face certain situations you don't always have help and then you learn from your consequences but if you constantly only have nature um you can develop some 
really intense issues, I feel like. Um, whether it's abandonment issues or just anxiety or just being really insecure in situations that most people would feel that there's no reason to be insecure. So, so both have their role is what I'm hearing. Yes. Um, I do feel like it is, you know, a push and pull kind of thing, but I feel like it would be more towards nurture, but nature occasionally has its moments. So like an 80, 20 or a 90, 10 kind of thing. <laughs> no, I, I can see that. Cause I mean, as kids we're, we're complicated beings. I mean, there's so many influences happening at once as from age zero to age 12, 13, even, I honestly think even up to 18. Oh yeah, for sure. But from, from all that we've talked about, it kind of seems like you're basically a trooper. Uh, it, it with all the things that have happened to you, you still look at life in a positive light. There's all the dark things that have happened are positive effects in the end because they have shaped the person you've become. Yeah, exactly. I, there, I don't think if I could go back in time and change things that happened to me, I don't honestly think I would change a lot because it has shaped me into who I am today. I think uh... there's only like one instance I think in my life that I would change. And that's for a whole different reason. (laughs) Mm. Sure. Yeah. That's such a hard concept to grasp though. I mean, to go back and cha- and change or, or go back and not change things. I mean, if you look at each important moment in your life, I don't know. I, I, I would, sounds like you wouldn't really debate it, but I think I, could, I would. I mm. mean, it, it would be a big debate. I would be like, oh, like, how would I turn out different if this was different? But I realized that a lot of the hard things that have happened in my life has made me who I am. And I am thankful for who I am today. I feel like I am a strong person who still has a lot of empathy, but also doesn't struggle too much to stand up for themselves anymore. Which is not something I could say about myself like five years ago. Mm. It's good. I'm glad that you can feel comfortable in where you are. Uh, but what about you wouldn't go back, wouldn't change much at least. What about the other direction? What if you could see forward, uh, know where your life was headed? Uh, for the sake of this question, let's just say when you were going, when and where, how you were going to die. What would you um, do with that? Ooh. 
<laughs> I I honestly don't know. Um, and that's only because I would like to say I could see how I'm going to die and take it with a grain of salt and be like, okay, cool, chill. No, no. I am an anxious person still, no matter <laughs> how much I would like to say I'm not. Um, and I will become obsessive. And if it says I'm going to die because of a train, you can bet your fine asses I am staying as far away from a train as I could ever be. Because Never touch no, a thank train you. Again. <laughs> exactly. Like, I won't even look at train videos on YouTube kind of thing. <laughs> That's... I see a train and I'm jump scared. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Thomas. Goodbye. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, goodbye. Get the, fuck out of here. get the fuck out of here, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> no one wants to see you, Thomas. I'm leaving. I'm out. Ah. Yeah. What? what? So you would just kind of just avoid trains? Or... <laughs> <laughs> or well like that's like an example if yeah. i knew how i was gonna die i would become obsessive and anxious over it and i honestly don't think i would sleep for like five years you would turn if into I only a, have five years left you would turn into that rick and morty episode yes i would turn into that rick and morty episode the specific one me. the specific one huh yeah, I mean it makes sense. Gener generally, people just don't want to die. Mm -hmm. I think. I, yeah, I think that's a very realistic answer. Of like, I would want to find comfort in that idea, but I wouldn't. I couldn't. I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be mad at trains, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would take me my entire time, right up until I died, to be find comfort in knowing how I died. Mm -hmm. And even then, I don't know if I'd find comfort in it. I think I would just be like, God oh, damn it, I should have seen this coming because I knew how I was going to die. I should have seen this train coming. I know, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> would it blowing the horn. Watch the it just end up being then a video of a train giving me a heart attack and that's how I die. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> or you just you hear the whistle off in the distance. Wife. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, reading this question again, it says if you could know how you would die, would you want to know? <laughs> no. Would <laughs> no? It, it sounds pretty obvious because as soon as you find out you're gonna get hit by a train, like <laughs> peace. No, peace out. Bye. No thanks. I'm good. I'd rather not know. And and it's not just like I'd rather not know how I would die. I would also rather not know when I was gonna die. So if I ever am like told I have a terminal illness, don't tell me how long I have left to live. Don't do it. Hey, but you could be the the percentage that uh, beats that time. You could. It, okay, well the doctors can have that information and then if I beat that percentage, <laughs> cool, put me in a book, but like don't tell me. <laughs> put me in a <laughs> book. Just just let me live my life. I don't want to know. I'll be stressing out until the very end. If I don't know, then I can at least do my best and like live every day like it's my last. Yeah. Just don't go by trains. Exactly. Never touch train. 
God damn it, I can never go tear on a train again. <laughs> have you ever been on a train? I have been on the map ever... in Portland, but... Shannon! <laughs> what? What kind of a question? <laughs> You're gonna, like, ask life questions and, like, dig into people's psyche. Have you ever been on a train, though? <laughs> Have you okay, wait, answer does, the question. Have you seen the cat though? Is that, is that something? Does, does the light rail train in downtown Portland count? Yes, yes. I that's think any train. version of a moving car on a rail okay, counts as a train. I used to take the light rail train to school every day for four years in high oh, school. Oh, she's been on trains. She's been on trains. But I haven't been on like a, you know, locomotive freight yeah freight train um the yeah those ones i haven't been on that kind of train i think that's true of most people <laughs> i've been yeah. on one train malcolm you've probably been on trains Den denver has yeah. subways and shit yeah. well no that's not true we have light rails oh oh but you've been on trains uh -huh. oh yes, you also like light trains Light rails and subways are different, Shannon. Right. Jesus. <laughs> know your locomotives. Yeah, Shannon. I don't know my Lokis. All I know is Thomas the t the t the dank engine. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to continue because I'll get copyrighted probably. <laughs> I don't think that we will, but Well, we don't make money, but until we do. Mm. If we ever. Uh, what do you kind of generally think about travel? Do you travel a lot? Do you travel not at all? I don't really travel. And most of that is because, well, my adopted family growing up, they never traveled. Uh, mm. When they adopted me when I was five, uh, they were in their 40s. So um, they were older. They didn't want to travel much. So mm. I didn't get to travel growing up. And then ever since being kicked out, traveling costs a lot more money than I wish it did. So I haven't been able to travel. True. But I would love to travel. There's so many different countries and places and even states and cities that I just want to visit. I want to get out there, see places, meet people, get to know the world. Where would you want to go? Um, what like am I top? The first one. The oh, Philippines. Yeah. Is that because you are Filipino? Yes. Um, because of the fact that um, my mom and my grandma moved from the Philippines when my mom was six. It makes me really want to get back there. But I was adopted by white people. I didn't really get to grow up with my culture. I didn't really get to know any of that and so i just want to see like what where my roots are from because i've never really felt completely culturally at home whether it's with uh my white friends my hispanic friends or even my filipino friends because to like my filipino friends i'm not filipino enough for them or but to my white friends i'm not white enough for them culturally um, so yeah, it, it just would be great to see where my culture and my roots are from. 
Honestly, that's fair. I I think it'd be cool to visit the Philippines, period. But I mean, because because you didn't grow up in the the culture, it's not like you speak Tagalog or is that the language? Yes, Tagalog is the main language. I am actually working on learning it right now. Let's go. It's very similar to Spanish, honestly. That's what I hear, but there's some words it's it's off. It, it's like yes. completely different. Some words are completely different. Some words the the word is pronounced the same and it has two different meanings. And then some words use two different words and some words are the same. Like the same word for shirt is the same in Tagalog as it is in Spanish. What is that word? Hold on. Hold on. Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's something similar to cabeza, but that's head. <laughs> Camiseta. Come, come, I'm not gonna say it because I'm gonna butcher it. Yeah, probably smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely. I can't imagine having like that struggle. Uh, not being able to to quote-unquote fit in with your culture yeah i have often um not been able to necessarily like fit in with any culture i tend to fit in a lot with like if there's groups of people by i do fit in more with the people in the asian group and that's only because even though i wasn't taught about it growing up i would teach myself about things from like other cultures. And I had a lot of international friends growing up. So that helped a little bit, but yeah, it it's a struggle not necessarily knowing where I quote unquote belong culturally wise. Hmm. Yeah. But how, how much does that cost to go to the Philippines? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I just know I'm still too broke for it. Yeah, same. Give me uh, a few years, hopefully. I I imagine getting there is is going to be the most cost, and then actually being there, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, and well, it also depends on where in the Philippines you want to stay and mm -hmm. what time of year it is, because the Philippines is made up of over 100 islands. True. I forget about that. So it depends if I want to stay in like more of a third world part of the Philippines or if I want to stay in Manila. What? Sorry, repeat that again? Man Manila? Yeah, Manila, which is the... Um, Manila is the capital of the Philippines. It is the touristy part of the philippines it's more centralized more cultivated in a sense there's shopping centers and stuff like that you know gotcha whereas the rest of the philippines is often still referred to as a third world country and still faces a lot of third world problems huh what what other places would you like to travel to um, 
Japan, South Korea. I'd love to go to the Netherlands or Finland mm. or mm. Amsterdam. Red uh, light district. Red light district. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, the, the only I, place in I, Amsterdam I, that I know. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I want to go to Amsterdam because of the book Fault in Our Stars that I read when I was like in middle school. Actually, correction, there's one thing I also know about Amsterdam and you're not going to like it. What is it? There's a lot of trains. Oh no, I can't go to Amsterdam, guys. <laughs> they got them trains. We got to dodge those. <laughs> we got to get out of there. That Wait. That's where Fault in Our Stars was filmed? No, there's... So, in the book, her favorite artist... Or, not artist, author is lives in Amsterdam. And um, the guy that she really likes uses his uh, Make-A-Wish to take her to Amsterdam to meet the author. Cute. And, he ends up, and there's a cute, like, scene that is all described in the book and everything. And... Ever since I read that book in middle school, I've wanted to go to Amsterdam. I respect that. Um, but maybe I'm going to ask you one final question just to kind of wrap everything up. And it's, if you won the Powerball, uh, I, I want to say somebody won it recently because they keep checking it at the gas station. I think it's like $20 million right now. What would you do with it? Um... Well, I would, I I don't have any debts, so I would buy myself a car, first of all, because I'm currently not driving my own car, um, get my bills paid, you know, let's go, a, a, an apartment, because my lease is about to end, so I would get myself, you know, another lease for a different apartment, <laughs> um, I would probably help out my younger sister with some of her bills and a couple of my close friends that are considered my family circle, mm -hmm. help them out with their bills and stuff like that, some of their debt um, so that they can move on from their debt and hopefully get a better start in their life. And then the rest, uh, or I'd also put some of it towards charity. I don't know which charity honestly i just know that i'd like to put it towards a charity and then the rest i would put in a roth ira save it save that yep. shit up yep and if you put it in a roth ira that's a safe way to invest your money what what is a roth ira <laughs> Um, I, know, I don't know money well. So uh, a Roth IRA is, is it's a retirement account, essentially. So you'll get the money when you retire, but it's after your tax dollars. So when you get the money back, when you retire and stuff, when you take mm -hmm. the money out, you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's already been taxed. <sighs> And also, the whole time the money's in the Roth IRA account, it grows. Let's go. So, it's one of the safest ways to invest your money. 
without being in stocks. It's like a risk-free way of investing your money hmm. that is better than just a regular savings account. Huh. So, yeah, so I would... And then invest the rest? Exactly. Because you... I've lived in um, low, middle class, middle, low class, low class mm. for way too long. I'm tired of struggling financially. <laughs> I get it. I think every, everybody listening kind of gets it. Unless it's unless Elon Musk is listening, then fuck him. I know, fuck right? Can he just fuck give me a dude. portion of his money? Can I, like... I'm tired, man. And the middle class basically <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. No. Uh, so can can he just you can you can share. Give share your money. Give me your hey, money. Elon Musk, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you freak. Give us some money. Exactly. I'm not telling you to become communist. I'm just saying contribute a little. Help out. <laughs> or he could become communist. And yeah, you know, make you're a country. Right. Exactly. Up to you. You know, he'd probably try to turn California into its own country. Must but they already stand. tried doing that. I think he'd probably go for Texas, right? You know, yeah. actually, that makes more sense than California. I think Where's California all his factories, though? In Texas. Oh, that's a good point. He's ha he's have to outsource his factories and shit. Where do his emerald mine? He has an emerald mine? Well, emerald? his family does. Give me oh. emeralds. Oh, yeah, that's I'll right. That's how he got his money. Yeah, just throw me some emeralds. I'll figure it yeah. out. Actually, yeah, don't don't give me money. Just give me the emeralds. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a villager. Her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is kind of just a fun way to wrap it up. Uh, right. Elon Musk, fuck you. Give yeah. money to Ash. Fuck you, Elon Money that Musk. directly to Ash. Ash, what's your PayPal? Don't say it. Use that information for bad things, too. But <laughs> You guys want my banking info instead? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to edit that out. Don't worry, Malcolm. It's all for us. She's <laughs> fucked. She's fucked. My social security number, too? Okay, don't mind if I do. She's fucked. <laughs> what Roth IRA? The Bank of Shannon? <laughs> Shannon, joke's on you. I have $3 in my bank account currently. That's well, three more dollars than I have. <laughs> um, But thank you, Ash, for hanging out with us uh, and just kind of getting to, to know you and kind of yeah. all your opinions and stuff you've been through. It's been really nice. Of course, and if you ever want to interview me again, I'm down. Just let me know. Yeah, uh, I've, I, of course, I would let you know. I just won't, I, I won't, out of the blue, just text you and be like, now. Now, <laughs> interview. Interview now. Here. Hop on Discord right now and so. let me interview you. Yeah, no. Well, thank um, you so very much, Ash. And, uh, you're welcome. You know who else deserves a thank you? <gasps> the wonderful people who have helped produce this podcast, a.k.a. Yeah. Nadia Diaz, Art Head Creations. Applause. Woo! Uh. Hey! And her link is 
to in, her Instagram is in the description. And then Jensen's music and stuff is also linked in the description. Check and out also, a knocking on doors for his musical tea time. It's very yes. good. Like in the cold open. Yeah, like in the cold open we did. About it. About it. Uh, we also have a uh, an email. Uh, email us questions so we can ask Ash questions that you send in. Uh, or if you want an interview, just email. It's it waiting. Just, also ask other people. I mean, I guess we can ask Ash too, but like. We can ask Ash again. You'll come yeah. on the podcast again. Yes, Someday. yes, I will. Someday, you know, yeah. 30 years from now when you guys are really famous. When we're I, old. I doubt it. <laughs> Elon Musk won't have given me money in 30 years, so I don't think he'll be making any money. Might not have done it by choice. Ah, just put a gun to his head. FBI I would listening. never officially do that. I would never on the record would do never that. never threaten Elon Musk. He's a fine man. Uh, Shannon Ruff podcast so that I can... Yay! Uh, <laughs> thank you again, Ash. Uh, we will talk to you guys, everybody, next time. On the Jed! On the Jed! <laughs>